Midday Treat with NAZ Elite, a monthly podcast in which I chat with Hoka NAZ Elite team members, and you'll get a behind-the-scenes scoop on their training, racing, and everyday lives. I'm your host, Eric Sensman. You can find our monthly podcast on SoundCloud uh, by searching Hoka NAZ Elite, and you can learn more about the faces behind the team uh, by visiting their website, nazelite.com, their Facebook page, Northern Arizona Elite, or their Instagram and Twitter, both at naz underscore elite. Welcome to this episode of Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. I am here this time uh, with Alphine to welcome her back. This is your second time on the podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. It's been too long. <laughs> um, so today we're largely, or in this episode, we're largely going to discuss uh, Alphine's uh, result at the Rotterdam Marathon. That was a 226.50, um, third overall, and it uh, got you under the Olympic A standard, which I'm sure was part of the goal. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll uh, we'll walk through Alphine's build up to the race and then um, discuss the race itself. So first, the result. Like I said, two twenty six fifty. That was a PR by what do we six plus minutes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the Olympic A standard. So how excited were you uh, with the result? I was super excited. Um, we went into the race, so a few days before the race, Ben and I talked, and he told me I could run a 225. I think in my head before that, I was thinking 226 is doable. That's around 535s, and he says 225, and I'm thinking, wow, this is awesome. He believes in me. <laughs> and then I, I turned around, and I said, what is that time per mile? Like, what's the pace per mile? And he said 531, and I'm like, whoa, I take it back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't say it that way, but, um, and so the weather leading into it, it was supposed to be windy. We didn't think the heat was going to be a factor. It was supposed to be a little windy. And so we went in thinking we could run a 225 and, uh, the race, the day before the race, the weather, you know, kind of started getting like, um, it was getting hotter and hotter. And so the morning of the race, it was like 57 degrees starting the race and, um, windy on you know depending on what direction you are going and so I was thinking wow this is gonna be a long day I've I do run well you know okay in hot weather but I've never run a marathon when it's that warm right and so I was scared like one I haven't really mastered how to run the marathon well number two I went all the way to Europe to run fast and now it's hot and so uh, we just, you know, we just ran comfortable and Ben Bruce obviously was pacing me. And I remember there was maybe it was the second or third mile. We ran a 520 something. And I said, Ben, this is too fast. <laughs> like, I've never been that cautious in a race before. Uh-huh. I had talked to my boyfriend uh, before and I said, you know, I could see myself picking up so many people <clears throat> who went out too fast. Because at the technical meeting, you know, all they talked about was running fast. And no one really mentioned how the weather was going to be a factor. And I thought, these people are going to fall apart. Yeah. I've ran marathons before where I fell apart so badly. And I know the heat and the humidity is definitely going to be a big factor. Yeah. So we just ran our own pace. And I think at some point I saw Tim and he said, you were in sixth place. I was in sixth place. And I'm like, okay, that's good. A couple, like I passed two people and then uh, someone else told me I was now in sixth place. And I'm thinking, I am so heartbroken. <laughs> you know, um, 
but it felt comfortable for most of the race. Now, I didn't feel great though. Like it wasn't like the first part of the race. I felt great. I was just feeling so, so, you know, and in fact, I, I think around mile six, my uh, hip flexor on the left side was really tight and it was bothering me. And I got nervous a little bit, but I don't remember at what point I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And so it didn't really uh, get worse or anything. So when I crossed the finish line, I thought I was in fourth place because I did pick up other people, you know. Um, and a couple of minutes after the lady uh, came up to me, she's like, we have to go to the awards. And I'm thinking, wait, so I was like, what awards? What place was I? Was I not first? She's like, you're third. I cried. <laughs> it was like unexpected. Like, I didn't think I was going to get third place. I mean, I knew I was going to pick up some people, but I didn't really think I would go as far as third place. Um... When I crossed the finish line and I saw I was run, I ran 226, I was really excited. Um, I think at some point during the race, I just felt tired and I was like, I don't even care, honestly. Like, if I'm going to run 226, if I run on 227, that's fine. Yeah. So running and crossing that line in 226, that was super exciting and it meant the world to me. I think, honestly, I haven't even had a chance to process it yet. I don't think I have, um, I don't know, like... A, not accepted but like it hasn't become a reality that i ran a 226 not like it's a it's a big thing or anything i mean everybody a lot of people run 226 but for me that was such a big result that i'm still uh i haven't had a chance to process it yet sure yeah. sure well i want to talk definitely about uh, ben burst and his role in the race um as well as in training so so we'll get to that uh but i did we were talking before we started here and you mentioned that you were seated 14th in the field yes. uh, based on your previous PR. Um, did that did, did that previous PR, did you see that as defining you in any way? Like, oh, I'm a 233 marathoner, so I don't know, you know, there's 13 women who've run faster than me. That worries me. Or did you just kind of think, I've not had my best day at the marathon and you weren't so intimidated by the fact that all these fast women were, were also in the field. No, I wasn't intimidated in any way. I, I knew though, and I've talked about this a lot, like I've known or I believe that the marathon is the event that I can be really good at if I can just learn how to do it. And so uh, one and a half years ago when I ran 233 in New York, it was a PR by w one minute. And I really like, I struggled, you know, the last four miles of that race. And so it actually gave me f hope that I could run better. But 233, again, is still so far. Um, so in Rotterdam, I was seated 14 then. I knew that I could run a PR, but I just didn't know how many of the women in front of me I would be able to beat, you know. Right. Yeah, it was a different story. And also, um, Ben Bruce running with me was a factor because in my prior three marathons, I hadn't really had anyone pacing me specifically. So I knew that as long as I like didn't run too fast and as long as i didn't say anything you know to him i just let him do what i knew he was gonna do i knew that you know i could at least run a pr right for sure i right. just didn't know how close i would get to 225. sure yeah and so um last time i had you on the podcast it was sort of your introduction to the team podcast and we just said that was what like a year ago roughly, yeah last april so i know one reason you were interested in joining uh and as the elite is because you want to be a marathoner and that is something Ben has done very well with. Um, so I know Ben kind of felt like that was his responsibility to, to make you a better marathoner. Do you, do you feel, do you feel now that you're a marathoner and that you, that's 
a distance that you where you're going to be competitive and where you're you know going to succeed absolutely yes and um so when I came here to visit um, in 2017, I uh, looked through Ben's program and I had no doubt in my mind that it's what I needed. I saw the longer stuff, you know, like, and I, I felt like that is what I needed. Not like I didn't have a good training or no, or not before that, I just did. But I, I looked at Ben's training and I thought, this is what is going to propel me to the next, you know, stage as a marathoner. Do I feel like a marathoner? Right now, I do, but not 100% yet because I feel like I have so much in me. I still have a lot of learning to do, but I also feel like now that I went through 26.2 miles successfully, I am so much more optimistic and excited about, you know, my next marathon, next seasons and all that. But I know that I still have so much in me. Like, I feel like I just scratched, you know, the top of, you know, just how good I can be as a sure. marathoner, yes. Yeah, because you've only been on Ben's program for about a year. Yeah. And you mentioned some of the changes, or alluded to some of the changes or differences between me and maybe your training before and, and what Ben has you doing. Uh, can you speak to some of those changes or some of those differences in training that have, uh, you know, led to this success? Yeah, so um, the one thing that I was really nervous about uh, heading into Rotterdam was how uh, the pacing. So with the training that Ben gave me um it was a little bit slower you know actually a lot slower uh when i was training in new mexico even when i used to train in kenya i always believed in like going hard you know like uh -huh. if it's a workout you just have to hit it really hard and you come out of there you're exhausted and i'm one of those you know athletes who almost think the more is better yeah. like faster you know like longer faster is better and so when i would do like i remember there was a day i had 26 miles and um ben told me you know just run the first 20 miles easy and i'm thinking no i want to get to 20 miles when i'm already tired yeah. that'll be the only way that the next four miles because i was supposed to run the next four miles at the marathon <coughs> pace and i was like i'm gonna run i want to run the next four miles when i'm already super tired because i want to simulate the race yeah and so uh or like when we did um 16 miles steady state you know 540s it's not like a killer pace or anything for me. Right. But in the end, towards the end, I was tired already and it was a good workout. So that it was different in the sense that Ben's training was mostly running for longer in sort of marathon effort, like not put, like running 100%. With my previous training, you know, like we will have workouts where we will run, you know, like really, really fast. And that was where I got my confidence. I always got my confidence at practice. And, you know, like I remember um, some of the few uh, workouts that I would have before marathons when I was uh, with my previous coach, I'll be running 520 and I'll be having a conversation for at least like, you know, a minute. Like 520 is easy towards the end of my build-up, but really I didn't really have the marathon that I knew I could have. Yeah. And so the fact that I got that in Rotterdam definitely uh, gave me a lot more confidence in terms of, you know, what Ben is giving us and that you don't ha have to... Um, kill yourself in a workout in right. order for it to be effective and sure. I think I have more confidence now more than ever not like I ever questioned it before or anything though. so do, do, so what it sounds like is there's um, a little bit reduced intensity on some of the longer runs do you think that has that allowed uh, greater volume in your training on a weekly basis or has it allowed um, more continuous weeks of solid training do you, 
as opposed to maybe if you feel burnt out after a big workout, maybe the next week doesn't quite go so well. So is, is there more consistency over time with, with Ben's program? And do you think that's sort of what has, I think has with, key? Yeah, so I think with Ben's program, it's like, you know, you finish a big workout, you're not entirely exhausted so you can recover quicker. Right. <laughs> and um and I think that's key for when you're doing marathon training because you will finish a workout today and tomorrow you have you know like a ten miler. Now the other difference that I actually had before was um so my long runs were usually almost always on Saturday and Sunday even if I'm training for marathon would be like six miles. With Ben's training, I will have a long run on any day, you okay. know. But then the next day will be ten miles in the morning followed by like four miles in the afternoon and I'm still having a problem with that. You know, like in my brain, I feel like I need a break. I need to separate one week from the next. Yeah. And so Ben has been very nice to me because he's been able to work with me and like he'll probably just give me 10 miles the next day. So that's also different. And so like with my previous training, I think it was like there was a lot of uh, intensity and volume in like six days because the six, seven day was really like a recovery. I think with bands, it's just like spread out. It's not exactly a few days of that. Sure. And I have more recovery days between workouts actually. Yeah. Yeah, because before I used to have a workout on Tuesday and Thursday and then a long run on Saturday. With bands, we kind of move around sure. a little bit more. So yeah, like there's more, there's differences and I think that that has allowed me to recover more. Right. Yeah. So Ben Bruce, as you mentioned, paced you at Rotterdam. Um, I have to imagine that felt much like a weekly run because he was also pacing you in workouts, right? In your training leading up to Rotterdam. How helpful was it both having been with you in some of those training sessions and then how, how comfortable did that allow you to feel when it came to, to race day? The one thing that I was sure about is that Ben was going to hit the times and he wasn't going to run too fast. Now, I was probably worried that he might go, you know, a little bit slower on some of this, you know, some of the splits. Um, just because like at practice, you know, we will have like, like I said, for me, more is always better or faster is better. Mm -hmm. And at practice, I'll be like, I want Ben to like run a second of two, you know, faster. But he will be right on the splits or maybe, you know, one or two seconds slower. And so I might have been worried about that. But I think uh, uh, Ben Rosario and I had a conversation and he told me just trust him that he is going to get you what you need to get from yourself that day. And um, going into Rotterdam, it was... A lot more relaxing you know i think the the day before the race i didn't stress too much because i was like ben is going to be here you know like i don't even have to do the work yeah. and i'm not worried about my competitors i'm just worried about going out there and you know being patient and not getting frustrated if there's uh one split that is a little off right and so it was really nice and honestly towards the end of it he played a very very important role much more than you know like in do in the earlier parts of the race because I got really, really tired. And I think if I had been running by myself, I would have fell apart. I would have slowed sure. significantly. Uh -huh. I still ran a two five forties on those last couple of miles. Um, but he slowed down with me. Yeah. And that was important. And also there was a time where we thought we kind of mixed up our bottles. Like I missed my bottle, I think at the first one or second one. And he gave me his cause we actually had the same, uh, electrolytes. Yeah. And, uh, like the last two fluid stations, he held my bottle for a little bit, you know, like I would drink and then I'll give it back to him yeah. and, and stuff like that. It was fun. And like, 
I think at that point it kind of felt almost like practice, you know? Right. Even though in the back of my mind, I still knew that I was racing and I had to concentrate. It's just different. I mean, like, even though I was training with him, I think racing and um, practice is just different. You can never um, switch off your mind during a race and pretend that it's practice. It just doesn't work that way. No, yeah. not, not if you want to run a 226. Not really, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last thing tra in terms of training, were there any um, workouts or sessions in particular that gave you confidence that you could run, you know, a 226? Uh, so any, any specific workouts, whether it was a, a long run or a faster, shorter workout or... I think there were two workouts. Uh, the 16 mile tempo for sure. I've never done that before. I think the, the, uh, the longest I had done was during a long run uh, when I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. So we went to Albuquerque and I had 14 miles at around 5.45, But that was, you know, just a long run. It wasn't like in the middle of a heavy training cycle or anything. Right. And so when I did those 16 miles, Ben Bruce ran with me for 11 miles. And then I ran the last five by myself. And I was able to run like 5.38, 5.39, I think. And I think at the end of that, and I felt great finishing now when I started, I felt like, I felt so crappy. I didn't think I was going to finish it, right. but I felt so strong at the finish that even my cool down, I ended up adding a mile extra to make it 22 mile, 22 mile day. And I felt so good. And it was one of the last big sessions that I had. So at that point I knew if I can run average of 540 for 16 miles at about, you know, 68, 7,000 feet, and then I should be able to run 535, which is a 226. Yep. And then the other one was uh, the 26 mile long run, um, running 20 miles at about 645, um, you know, on Lake Mary, which is um, like, and I'm not talking about the first part of Lake Mary. I'm talking about like the rolly parts of yeah, Lake Mary sure. with the longer hills. And finishing the 20 miles and feeling great and then running four miles at like 5.34 and pulling down and feeling great after, that definitely gave me confidence because I was like, I just ran, you know, a marathon distance and I still feel great. So actually, I think my watch told me that I had ran a 2.52 marathon that day. So that was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. Plus, yeah, it's 7,000 feet especially. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, leading up to Rotterdam, you did race a little bit. Um, you were fourth at the USATF Cross Country Championships, and then you won uh, the Gasparilla Half Marathon. Um, and uh, your teammate, uh, Scott Fobble, also on the men's side, won that race. Um, why did you choose those races leading up to Rotterdam? So, um, I think you might know that I was injured towards the end of, well, from June of last year, pretty much from July, and I didn't really run much until about December. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I needed, you know, a few races to get in under my belt in order to, like, get used to racing. So, I ran Houston Half Marathon in January. That's right. It was so painful. Like, I've never ran so fast, so hard, yet really, really slow. <laughs> I mean, I... So, it felt very it fast. Felt it felt yeah. really <laughs> fast, but looking at the time, I don't think... I remember the night before the race, I joked uh, to a couple of people, I said, oh my God, I don't think my agent is going to take me back if I run 72 minutes tomorrow. <laughs> and I mean, I, I felt like I was in a better fitness. Sure. Guess what I did? I ran 72 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not pretty. Um, and I struggled a lot, even from the beginning. I just couldn't breathe. 
and I was supposed to run um, I was supposed to run a 10k in California with Kellen and Stephanie <coughs> and Alice I don't remember the name of the race now um, but after that half marathon I went up to my coach and my agent in Houston and I told them I said I'm not being emotional right now but I just wanted to know that I need to run another half marathon I cannot run a 10k I don't think I'm in a position to run a 10k yeah. and it won't do any good for me yeah. so then we decided at that point to run Gasparilla um, and they were okay with that. And so I went to Gasparilla and the in interesting thing that happened in Gasparilla was, um, you know, right away, uh, like we started and I, I looked at my watch and we were running like six minute pace. So I ran fast to catch up with a guy who was in front of me and I ran with him and I, he said he was going to run with me because he had uh, raced the day before. I was like, okay, great. And I, you know, I told him, you don't have to run any fast. So we were running about 5.30s, um, 5.35s. And I was thinking in my mind, you know, this is great because I'm, you know, like learning how to pace myself. But one of the hardest things that I had to do that day was to concentrate on racing. For some reason, I just couldn't, like, I was like, why am I running so fast when there's no one close by me? You sure. know, because I, I look back and, you know, my competitors weren't really that close to me. And I knew they weren't going to catch up. So I was like, why am I even trying to run and be in pain? Why can't I just jog? Anyway, I crossed the finish line. It was very hot. And I think it was like 72 degrees at the start, 98% humidity. Yep. It was, and I crossed the finish line and I was so tired. And I'm thinking, I have no idea how I'm required or supposed to run this pace twice along, <laughs> as long in two months. Anyway, so came back from that and wasn't really that confident about my marathon yet just because I had ran 72.30 and it was hard. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but I think... But you it, had two months. Yes, so you had yes. Time, right? Yeah. And, and like I, Josh Cox mentioned to me, he said, you know, your body doesn't know if you just ran a race or you did a hard workout. It will just take it as the same thing. So that will just improve your fitness right. and sure enough it did improve and um two months after that i was feeling so much better than i did in Casparilla. now you mentioned the heat and humidity at uh, well at least the the heat at rotterdam mm -hmm. so I, I imagine that that experience at the Gasparilla half was was beneficial when it came to rotterdam because you you would experience those conditions probably worse um and, and still raced well well the Gasparilla conditions were you know bad like so in rotterdam even though it was a little warmer, you know, the humidity for some reason wasn't as sticky as the one in Florida. Right. It was different. Like, you couldn't even feel the humidity that much. Oh, okay. But I also <laughs> hydrated very, very well. One thing that I learned when I was doing Gasparilla was if I squeezed or if I poured water, you know, on my head, it, it cooled me off really well. It's kind of weird that I actually didn't know that until <laughs> I ran Gasparilla. So I did a lot of that uh, when I was running Rotterdam and yeah. it definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the USATF cross country championships, you were fourth there. Mm -hmm. um, so I want I want to talk about the course a little bit and how what you thought of the course in terms of your own strengths and whether it spoke to those. But you 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 actually ended up turning down a spot on the on the world championship team. Um, so let, let's start there. Was that a tough decision? Is that something you had to think a lot about um, once you qualified for the team? It was, um, and so going into cross country, I had actually felt so much better, even though it was two weeks after uh, Houston. Mm -hmm. But 
I had a couple of workouts that went well and went cross country, believed that I could run well. And it ended up being well, I mean, a good race because, I mean, it was one of the deepest cross countries I think we've had in yeah. the U.S. Uh, nationals. Um, and so that was good to be able to run with Molly Hardle and the other women, top women, and compete with them until the last, what, like 800 meters or yeah. one kilometer. That felt good. Um we had talked about you know the possibility of maybe like you know if i did qualify then i wasn't going to take the spot just because you know like it was only the race uh the world cross country was a week before uh rotterdam marathon right. yeah um it was really hard just because like for me if i have a chance to represent the us i would love to do that you know on any day but then it would have also been like i, I told myself i said you know like if I decide to take the spot right now, it will probably be a good build-up, you know, uh, just because I will run a really hard 10K a week before my race. And also, um, those two countries are not that far from each other. But on the other hand, though, what if I got spiked? Right. And or what if I, you know, like, something happened and I was injured, you know, running the race? What if I fell and all that stuff? That was a trade-off that I didn't want... Um, to happen like I, I wasn't just gonna take that chance because i knew that this was my only chance to run a good marathon sure and so yes it was incredibly hard but it was also um i think it was a relief you know knowing that the u.s were going to send a really strong team and um that maybe someday i will have another chance to um you know represent the u.s in another event or even a cross country again in future i'm not sure but once uh, i watched the race the cross country race <laughs> When they were running, I was so glad I didn't go there because I looked at the course, yeah. how people were struggling, and I'm like, you know what? I think I made a good, I, I made the right choice. It looked like a very it tough course. It was really tough, and I honestly think that if I had gone there, it might have taken me two plus weeks to recover. To recover, sure. Yes. And so your teammate, Steph Bruce, uh, what, did uh, take a spot on the world team and um, I believe was first American um on the women's side what did you think of her performance there i thought it was great i mean i thought it was great she was um she didn't even she wasn't even in the top six at um you know the usa right. yet she went there and she brought her a game and she ran really really well she beat so many people that you know on a normal day she probably wouldn't beat and so that was awesome like i think she has the ability to rise to the occasion where it matters the most and that was awesome you know like she's um she's a great person she's an amazing runner and i don't know i'm just blessed to be a teammate of hers yeah so speaking of your teammates you have steph obviously has uh really been on a tear this year she just won the half marathon championships um you have kellen who just ran a 226 in prague um you have some of the the newer recruits who are running prs and running super well um so how much how much confidence do you all sort of gain from each other and from the six you know how, how do other people's successes sort of translate you know what i mean um in terms of your confidence knowing that you know this person that i train with is doing this so that makes me believe that i can do what i set out to i think the number one thing that that does when your teammates do well is it makes you believe that what you're doing is working because ABCD is doing well and they're doing the same training. So if you had any questions about whether or not this was a good fit for you, it definitely uh, gives you more confidence that, you know, it's working. And I think uh, when I was talking to Carrie on the, the other podcast, she said that um, Scott Fobel was so fired up after I ran Prague. I mean, not Prague, oh, sorry, uh, after I ran Rotterdam yeah. that 
when he went to Boston, he was super confident. And, um, and I'm sure even with Kellen, you know, seeing me run like a six minute PR, she went to Prague thinking, this is awesome. You know, like my two of my teammates have done really well and I'm definitely going to do well. So I think uh, that building up of each other's confidence or successes like that is important. And that's why we have a group. Yeah. And when Alice ran, a, you know, uh, broke 32 minutes for the first time or when the other uh, two newer athletes, just ran PRs, like, I think to me, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, we are, I think at this point, and I even uh, did an Instagram post like that, like, it's one of the best times to be a member of NAS Elite because we are all feeding off of each other's successes and we are all, you know, like, doing really well. Yep. And it doesn't mean that you won't have a bad race, but even when you do have a bad race, you can, you always have examples of people who had bad races and then turned around and had a really good race. Right. And so, yeah, it, we are definitely doing well. Yeah, I want to talk more about that uh, to finish up the, the podcast today. Um, but before we do, I want to go back to Rotterdam briefly. Uh, you, you more or less walked us through the race. The, your plan was to hit your splits. Ben was going to be pacing you. Um, you, have, you went through half in 113.09, so, I mean, very well evenly split. Um, was there anything... Given that race plan, you executed it well, everything went well, but was there anything you were worried about going in uh, to the race aside from you mentioned it was getting a little warm? Was there any, uh, just in terms of the field or your confidence level, or was there anything going in about the race plan that had you concerned, or were you just very even keeled, like, this is, I got Ben here, this is our plan, all's good? I was definitely worried about running a 225, like thinking about running a 531 per mile for 26 miles. In my mind, it was like, that is really fast for so long. And um, I was a little bit worried about that. But Ben, when I spoke to Ben Bruce about it, he said, you know, we don't actually have to run that fast. We can go a little slower. And if you feel good uh, towards the end, you can go faster. And so that calmed me down a little bit but besides that honestly i think um i wasn't worried about anything else okay oh well i actually i take that back the other thing that i have had issues with uh during my marathons is uh fueling okay and um in my three marathons by the time i get to 40k i would be crushing i would be like running you know out of fuel and i was worried that i was gonna miss my bottle or i was worried that I might tie my uh, my gels on my bottles and then during transfer to the uh, stations, it might be dropped and that if I found my bottle and it didn't have one of my gels that I was going to be so upset that it was just going to affect me. Yeah. And I did miss my bottle and uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't affect me as much, but I was definitely worried about that just sure. because I know that fueling is so important right. and i learned my lesson um back in february i went to santa fe new mexico and i did a long run 20 mile long run which i've always done anyway without any i didn't eat breakfast and i uh, i didn't take any uh like fuels with me i ran 18 uh solid miles and those the last two miles i just bonked like it was so bad i stopped four times oh, during no. the uh the, the training run and I remember one of the last ones about half mile to go, I thought I was going to fall and no one was going fi to find me. And I was just going to die. <laughs> you know, I get a little paranoid too. And I was, I prayed, I'm like, God, please just help me to get 
to my friend's house where I parked my car so I could get some, you know, yeah. uh, some fuel in. And so I learned a big lesson from that. And I started eating breakfast. I started fueling really well uh, during the race. And yeah. yeah, like, so before the race, I was kind of worried that what if, you know, they drop my uh, my gel, what am I going to do? Yeah. But, you know, everything turned out okay. But besides those two things, everything else was good. And you mentioned, although this was a six plus minute PR, that you kind of feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of uh, your potential. So what what does that Rotterdam result um, suggest to you about uh, next time, uh, the next time you line up for a marathon? What, what sort of confidence does it give you? I think, number one, it gives me uh, the confidence that the process works, the training that we have works. And the next time I don't actually have to worry about it being you know slow or easier when i'm doing you know my build up um and of course it does make me feel like i have so much more potential um like i ran a 226 successfully um and i know that with more training and with more mileage uh you know from now i'm not just talking about like during the training block i think it's going to improve my performance so much and i feel I'm more or less like a marathoner now than I did when I went to Rotterdam. You know, I feel like now I have a chance to actually, uh, even like, for example, make the Olympic team, I feel like I have a chance to be a factor there. Yeah. Whereas before that, it was like, I, I may have ran well in shorter races, but I don't really know how I'm going to do in the marathon. Sure. So I definitely think that my confidence is a lot better. But I do know that I have so much more in me and I am so excited for, you know, the future of my marathon career. And I'm just excited to see where this um, marathoning is going to take me. Yeah. So you'll, of course, line up for the Olympic trials in February next year. Um, I'm not sure you'll be at liberty to say uh, which marathon if, if you're going to be running one. But do you, is there a fall marathon on, on the calendar? Yes, there, okay. there is a fall marathon on the calendar. I can't tell you which one yet, um, but I am super excited. It's going to be a good race. And if I have a really good race or when I have the race that I know I can have, I believe that that will be the performance that will actually motivate me and give me that much more confidence, you know, just building up from uh, Rotterdam. Sure. Yeah. And how about this summer? Um, do you have it? What are your plan? What plans do you have as of now? I'm running Boulder Boulder in about oh, you are? two and a half weeks. Exciting. And I just had my first workout today. Uh -huh. I could barely run a 545 <laughs> on the track. <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to be able to run a 10K that fast. But then again, with Boulder Boulder, though, it's... um. It's 5,000, I think, a little bit, 5,000 feet elevation. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, running a 10K. I think the effort is more like a half marathon, 15K. Sure. So I'm hoping that will help me, you know, like I will have a chance to do well because I was second there last year yep. and I would definitely like to win. Yeah. That would be the that goal be going bad. in. Yeah. Not like the way I am right now, that it doesn't suggest that, but I believe that in two weeks I'll yeah. be in a much better place. Sure. Yeah, and then I'm going to do a lot of shorter races in the summer. Most likely I'm going to do a lot of 10Ks, not on the track though. I'm just going to uh, run road races and stuff. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot shorter uh, throughout the summer and uh, wait for that fall marathon. Sure. Yeah. And uh, last couple things, you, you've touched on this, but the Olympic trials, uh, the marathon in um, February, uh, you'll have a number of your teammates lining up on the, the men's and women's side. Um, do, do you feel that the the team is at a point where 
Um, there's a good good chance that someone you know is going to make one of those teams on the on the men's or women's side. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it would be really nice if one or two people made the team, or even all of us. Hey, it doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the more, I'm, the merrier. The, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think we are at the point right now where like we can definitely uh, send one or two people or more uh, to the Olympics if we have a good day now. The marathon is such a different event. It's like, it, there's so many things that could happen that could go wrong on that day or that could go right. You could have had, you know, the best buildup and just get into the race that day and maybe you're racing and something, you know, like you have something wrong with your shoe and, you know, like there's just so many variables. Sure. And so I think all we could ask or, you know, ask of ourselves is that we stay healthy we get to that start line as healthy as we can be and as fit as we can be. And then we would be a factor and of course have a smart race, not be dumb and like run too fast or something. Sure. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I think that as long as we can control all the variables that we, we have the opportunity to control, we will definitely uh, be a factor in terms of making the team. Yep. And uh, last thing, you have uh, you were recently on uh, Carrie Tolson's podcast, and I've heard you on a couple others, and of course you're here today on the NAZ Elite podcast, um, which of course gets you a little bit more media attention, so people are uh, paying attention a bit more with that, and what do you, how does that motivate you, I guess if at all, but having fans out there, having people that are interested, um, what role does that play in, in sort of your, your motivation? You know, I think knowing that people are looking out for me and they're rooting for me is a big thing. Um, you know, like it, some days when I feel like I don't want to, you know, run because I'm tired, I'm just being lazy. Um, I think knowing that it makes me accountable knowing that there are people who look up to me and who really cheer for me and all that. And um, after I came back from Rotterdam, um, you know, it's funny because to me, I did well, but it wasn't off at the top. You know, it wasn't like, oh my God, this is the greatest performance I've ever had. Well, kind of, but so many people, you know, congratulated me and, and, you know, like they made it feel like it was such a big accomplishment. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, why? Like, this wasn't really such a big deal. But like when I saw so many people super excited about that and, you know, believing that it was, you know, a great performance, I think it really um, drove home, you know, the fan, the fan base, you know, knowing that there are so many people who are rooting for me, they want me to do well and... I definitely want to do what I'm capable of, you know, like everything I can to make them proud. Sure. So, yeah, that's, I think that's my motivation these days. It's like, hey, I'm going to go out and do my thing so I can make as many people as I can proud and hopefully, you know, inspire them along the way. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point about um, not feeling that your accomplishments are as remarkable as, as maybe fans or onlookers think. You know that it, that that probably that speaks to how much confidence you have in yourself and how much you believe in yourself to do well. To to think that two twenty six <laughs> is not such a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, but but that's I think that's the attitude I guess you need to have if you want to try to make an Olympic team. I guess yeah, because if I were to be like I just you know reached my best marathon ever and I don't have to improve on it, then <laughs> that would be the end of me. But no, like I I still. 
I don't know. Like, I feel like if I ran a 223 and then I would be like, wow, that was amazing. But even then, I probably wouldn't feel as excited as you might expect me to. Sure. Yeah, so... Hey, I think that just leaves room for a lot more improvement, a lot right. of hard work and belief. Right. Yeah. Well, it, because even if you ran a 223, you'd probably finish the race and look back and, and say, well, you know, this mile could have gone a little bit better. Or if I had done this a little bit differently, I might have run a little faster. And you're always trying to improve, I guess. That is true, because even looking back to like Rotterdam, um, there were a couple of times that I stopped and tried to find my bottle. There were a couple of times where like when I took my water, you know, I slowed down significantly. And in fact, there's some like a, a video of Ben. He was so far ahead of me yet. He was my pacemaker. But because I like, you know, took a lot of time, like when I was getting the sponges to, you know, like squeeze yeah. on my head, I would slow down significantly. And so like, I think even in just getting the water bottles and uh, getting those sponges, I think I might have lost 20 to 30 seconds yeah. just on that alone. Right. You know, and, and like if you have other things, you know, combined, I think I could I could have ran a lot faster. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to Ben to make sure you can practice the, the sponge <laughs> wet down in practice. You can do it a bit faster. Uh, not if it's cold like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll warm up. Yeah. Um, well, Alfine, thanks for joining the podcast again. Look forward to seeing uh, how things go this summer and obviously leading up to the trials next year. Thank you so much, Yellow. All right.